Hey everybody, great to see you guys together and online. Thank you for joining us. You know, uh, we've started out strong with Christmas and I love Christmas. I love it to last a month or a month and a half. And I actually talked my wife into decorating. You know, we usually do like Thanksgiving weekend, right? Right after Thanksgiving, I think that's typical. But we were decorated like two weeks before that. So yes, it was a win for me. So good. But that being said, we had an amazing kickoff Thursday and Friday night. Anybody here in the house enjoy the concert? I got to tell you, there were some moments. I mean, a lot of it was fun, and we we have a good time, right, at North County. We get things going. But there were some moments that the Holy Spirit was just really moving in a way that you could really feel um, his comfort, his encouragement, and his love through one another, but also just through, I think, the comfort and care that the worship team and the tech team gave us that night. And it was just a beautiful time. And I think the word that, that I think of when I think of what I observed Thursday and Friday night is the word behold. It's the word behold, and it's up on your screen. And we're actually going to be talking about this word over the next several weeks, uh, that God wants us to behold him. It's not enough to just know about him, but God wants us to behold him. And what that word really means is to see him or to pay attention to him. Uh, God wants our relationship with, with him to be the kind of relationship that we see him all the time, you know, and when I say see, I mean just be aware of his presence, right? And Thursday and Friday night was one of those times where as we gathered together, the spirit was just moving and it was a beautiful and wonderful time. And, and we need that. We need those times where we're aware of his presence because we live in dark times. I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, there's been dark times on this planet since the beginning of time, right? There have been dark uh, millennial, there have been dark centuries, there have been dark times, there have been wars, there have been difficult times. And when you think about it, you know, the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out on the planet until after Jesus went back to heaven. So before all that time, we were, we were with, you know, on, on a planet without the presence of the Holy Spirit, except in just a few people, kings and priests. So think about how dark that was. So, so the planet has been a dark place. And I would say to you that I have really felt the darkness over the last couple of years. Anybody else? Just really felt it in my heart or spirit or awareness. I don't know what, what you want to say about that. But, but we need the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to talk with you about today, is that the power of the Holy Spirit is a must-have for us, for his saints, for his children. We have the Holy Spirit. His power is in us when we receive Christ, right? He comes and lives in us, but we also have him with us through you all, through all of us together as we love one another well. That is the power of the Holy Spirit being expressed in our church and in our community. So we express his love to one another, and through that, he unifies us. And we become a strong force on this planet. We have purpose as his people. Uh, What is that purpose? Well, it really is to know Christ and to make him known. When you cut through all the noise of what we've been listening to and hearing and what we've been, you know, looking at on the media, news and all this stuff, pandemics and, you know, all the things that have gone along with it. When you boil it all down, our job is to know Christ and to make him known. That's it. That's what God wants us to do. And you got to remember, let me take you back a little bit, because when we were created, when humankind was created, we were thrust into this epic spiritual battle. And I don't know if you think about life that way, There's an epic spiritual battle going on, but I'm telling you there is. And it's been there since the beginning of time, since the first sin, uh, since we entered into this curse of sin. 
And so we were born into this epic spiritual battle between good and evil, between salvation and sin. And what's at stake is the souls of men and women, boys and girls. This is the prize. This is what's at stake. So as we talk about 1 John chapter 4 today, you've got to remember that from the beginning of time, there's been an epic battle over the souls of people. And that's what creation is all about, and that's what it's all about. We are the prize. Look around the room and say, hey, you're a prize. Come on, say that to somebody today. You're a prize. Online, same thing. Look at somebody, if you're with somebody at home, say, you're a prize. And it's true. We are the prize. We are what's been won so far and over time by this battle, this, this epic battle that's been going on, and the Holy Spirit has won our hearts. So I... <clears throat> I'm going to share something with you today that you've probably felt and probably thought about, uh, but maybe it hasn't really come home uh, to your understanding. And so I want to really give words to what you've probably felt over the last couple of years, and it's this. We live in a, in a physical world. We do. It's, you know, there's food and there's stuff and everything. But this, this physical world is driven by a spiritual agenda. And here's what I want you to grab onto today, because what I'm going to share with you can help make sense of all the stuff that's happening around us in our world. Uh, As in every epic battle, there are two sides. There are two sides in this spiritual battle that we're in. There is no third choice. There is no third team. You choose a side, and in not choosing, you choose. So you're on a side, whether it's on the side of Christ or the side of not Christ. And Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12. He said, whoever is not with me is against me pretty clear and whoever does not gather or bring people to me are scattering people they scatter people okay so here's what i want you to consider today that everything comes back to the battle over eternal souls and we have to keep this in mind as we're inundated with the noise and the news and the media that it's all about who wins the souls It's all about souls coming home to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of this is driven by spiritual forces. So behind the physical, what you don't see is the battle in the heavenlies over the souls of men and women. Now, we have the Holy Spirit. That's one side, right? The side of Christ. And his agenda is to gather us home, to bring us back home to Jesus, that whosoever believes would not perish but have eternal life, right? And then you have the spirit of the Antichrist, Or the spirits of Antichrist. And so here's what you have to remember. When you're reading the news, even though you can't figure out the why behind everything, here's what you have to remember is that there's a spiritual agenda behind everything you read about. Whether it's politics, whether it's world economics, whether it's people starving around the world, whether it's the battle for the the lives of millions of babies that we're seeing this battle right now in our courts. There is a spiritual force. There's an agenda behind everything. Nothing is neutral. This is not conspiracy theory. This is the Bible. This is the word of God. Jesus said it himself. John's going to tell us this morning. And you are either motivated by the Holy Spirit living in you to draw people to Christ, or your other choice is the Antichrist spirit. And that is the spirit of the scatterer, the divider. And John writes it like this to us today in 1 John 4, where we'll be today, starting in verse 1. John says, Beloved, that's us, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And here's what you test for, to see whether they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
John was speaking to the church where uh, a lot of the believers weren't really believers, and they had gone out and started these false prophecies that Steve talked about last week. They've gone out into the world, and now they're in the world, right? Now we've got all these false prophets in the world. And then he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. He's going to tell us how to test. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So that's basically saying that if you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then your spirit is lined up with his spirit, and you're confessing Christ. And everybody else, whether they know it or not, is on the other team. It's on the other team, okay? So here's the question we want to ask today. What is the Holy Spirit's primary purpose on our planet today? And I'm going to give you the answer. Number one, the Holy Spirit convinces us that Jesus Christ is God. That's the Holy Spirit's role today. I know he does a lot of other things in the church, but out there in the world, he is looking for people who will receive Christ, and he's going to influence them and draw them to Jesus Christ. This is God's agenda. God's agenda is to draw people to Christ. It has not changed. In the middle of pandemics, in the middle of starvation around the world, in the middle of flooding, this is what the Holy Spirit is up to. He is drawing people to Christ. He's the great gatherer. And so if you want to partner with him, that's what you do. You gather people to Christ. And guess who the Holy Spirit has been opposed by since day one? Anybody care to guess? Little horns. You know? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, well, maybe, maybe he does. We don't know, right? But the Holy Spirit has been opposed by Satan since day one. This is the Antichrist spirit. And as we celebrate Christmas, the coming of God in the flesh... That's what Christmas is, right? It's that confession that we have that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That's what Christmas is. And so as we celebrate Christmas, here's what I want you to remember. That Jesus was born into not a nice, fuzzy, little warm manger with pretty angels and nice shepherds, although that's true. Jesus Christ was born into a war zone. Uh, every bit as real as any war zone you've ever seen. Things were dark and black at that time. You think they're dark now? You should have seen it before the Holy Spirit was allowed to roam in the hearts of men and women on the earth. Think about the earth without the Holy Spirit. It was bad when Jesus was born. And here's the thing I want you to remember. God allowed it. God allowed that darkness and blackness. So when we struggle with things like pandemics and floods and troubles, they're very real to us. And we do struggle with these things. But God, remember that God allowed it. And so God is going to meet you in it. Here's what you got to remember about the Holy Spirit. He has not promised to remove you from all the trouble, but he has promised to be with you through the trouble. And that's what he does over and over and over again. And so we like to celebrate cute mangers. I've got, you know, four or five of them in my office. I love manger scenes. Crushes, they're called, right? I love those, but here's what you got to remember, that Jesus was born into a plot to kill him. <laughs> That's basically what he was born into. As soon as Herod found out about it, Herod was the king. Herod was actually a Jew, and he was the king of the Jews at the time, and he didn't want to share his power and control. Remember those two words, very important, power and control. He didn't want to share them with anybody. He was driven by the Antichrist spirit, and so he lied to the wise men. When he found out they, were, they had come to find the baby Jesus, he lied to them, and this is what he said. As we think about Christmas, this is, this is what was going on behind the scenes from Matthew 2. It says, Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. 
And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go worship him too. How many of you know that's not what he had in mind? He had a murderous heart and he was going to do whatever he could to keep control and power. He had no intention of worshiping Jesus. He was lying. He was lying. And he made himself look good so that he could convince the wise men. And I just want you to keep in mind that that happens a lot today. People make themselves look good so they can convince the wise men. All right? So this is the same spirit that we're battling today. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. These spirits don't change over time. It's the same spirit that was back then, 2,000 years ago, that is alive and well today, and we're battling the same spirit. They don't somehow get softer over time. They don't somehow get kinder over time. They don't get more benevolent over time. No, the same spirit and the same agenda that drove politics back in the year, you know, one, is still driving politics and economics today. And sometimes we wonder and we ask questions, God, how could you allow this? Do you ever ask that question? When you run into trouble, do you ever say, God, why did you let this happen in my life? I had a moment like that a couple of weeks ago. We had, we had opened up this room and it was filled with people sleeping on cots, remember? And so I was here like 15 hours a day for six days. And my staff was here and lots of you volunteered here. It was awesome. I, I wouldn't undo it. It was wonderful. And then at the end of six days, I preached on Sunday morning, and it, fortunately, we didn't have this. We just had online church. And I felt a little funny after church, and so I went home and took a test, and guess what? I had COVID. And so, yeah, I'm a survivor. Here I am, right? And so um, the question came up, and in fact, somebody asked me about this just a couple of days ago. The question came up in my heart, God, I just gave myself away for a whole week. How could you let me get COVID? You know what I'm saying? And you ask those questions and somebody actually asked me that. How did you feel about getting COVID after you served all week long? And here's the thing is that when you let yourself, you know, get vulnerable and and you let yourself get weak and work that many hours, of course you're going to catch something, right? And so I was just a product of my environment and it's not God's fault. And here's what we have to remember about God allowing us to be like Jesus, born into, you know, a, a, a plot to kill him. That's pretty bad. God allowed it. That, that we have to remember that God allows us to experience trouble on this planet. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. And it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not faithful. And it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit won't show up to comfort you and encourage you. So you've got to remember, okay, when it comes to trouble in the world... Don't, let caught in the lie, don't get caught in the lie that somehow God doesn't love me because I'm experiencing trouble. No. Speak the truth. I, Holy Spirit, I know you're with me. I know you're going to see me through this, even if it's through the gates into glory, right? You're going to see me through. You're going to walk with me through this time. You've got to remember that the Holy Spirit, the one that we recognize and acknowledge here in this place, is the Spirit of God who loves us and is with us. Jesus said... I must go back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come and be in you. So the Holy Spirit loves us so much. And what John is saying to us today is that there's really only one spirit you can trust. Just one. You can't trust any other spirit. There's one spirit you can trust, 
and that's the Holy Spirit. So you want to focus on him. You want to behold him. You want to keep him in your sights. You want to stay close to him. His power is alive and well in those that confess Christ. That's what John said. That Jesus came in the flesh, that he was the risen Savior, he died for his sins, and he's coming king. And this word confess is very, very important. It's not just some words that you say in a confessional. That can be part of it. But what it really is, is it's, it's an attitude of your heart toward Christ. It's believing with all your heart. It's being all in. That's what confess means. That you really buy in to this truth about Jesus Christ, this revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's a condition of our soul. It's a change of our heart. So you see, we become different people when we really receive the revelation about Jesus Christ. There should be change in our hearts and in our lives. I call it the all-in condition. It's the all-in condition. It's what you believe proven by how you love. That's what we're really talking about today. So confessing Christ means that the spiritual agenda now driving your life is that you have become a gatherer. You're going to gather people to Christ. You're going to live your life in a way that helps them, that, that you know, keeps obstacles out of the way for them to come to Christ. You're going to live your life that way so that they can come to Christ. Now, I'm, I'm sorry to let you in on a dirty little secret today, but I'm going to expose what I think most of you have been thinking for many months now, and that is this. If your favorite politician or government leader, and I don't care if they're blue or red, it doesn't matter, if your favorite one is not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can't trust the Spirit that's driving their life. I'm just going to get it out there. It doesn't mean I don't respect my government. It doesn't mean that I don't live the best way I can and keep the laws and all, all that. But here's what I'm saying. If they don't have Christ in their life, then by default, they're serving another spirit. And so that's, when I say agenda, I'm not talking about, you know, why do we have this mandate or that mandate? What I'm talking about is the spiritual agenda behind all of this. And as with Herod, it came back and comes back to power and control. That's what it is. That's what you're feeling. When you read the news and you see yet another thing, what you're feeling is the agenda. You don't know why you're feeling it. But that's what you're feeling. What is behind these decisions that are being made? If they're not motivated by the Holy Spirit in the lives of men and women, then they are the other agenda. Power and control. So this revelation of Christ comes only through the Holy Spirit. You can only, you can only get saved and receive Christ when the Holy Spirit has revealed him to you. Remember Peter? When Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter came out with the great confession. That's what it's called. The great confession Peter said, you are the, the son of God, right? The son of the living God. You are the Christ. And Jesus responded to him, and this is very interesting, in Matthew 16. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. That was Peter's proper name. He said, Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father has, who is in heaven. And Jesus was really making a statement that it's only the spirit of God that can truly bring that revelation of Christ into our lives so that we can truly give our heart to Christ. So again, I'm going to say this. It's hard to hear, but the world and its systems are opposed to Christ. They are opposed to Christ. If they're not gathering people to him, then they are in the business of scattering. And the spirit that was in Herod to seek and destroy Jesus 2,000 years ago plus is the same spirit that's driving 
world agendas today. It's not a new spirit. It's the same spirit that's been behind the killing of unborn babies. It's the same spirit that allows millions and millions of people to starve when we have a solution for that. It's the same spirit that allows our economy to go absolutely tanked. It's about destruction. It's about division. And this is Satan's agenda. It's to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his agenda. So if you want to know what you're feeling when you read the news, it's that. You're feeling the agenda of the enemy that is behind many of these decisions. There's no third party. It's either Christ's party or the spirit of the Antichrist. And Jesus said it like this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus said. He came that you may have life and have it abundantly. The other side came to kill, steal, and destroy. So you have to identify what's going on by the spirit that's driving policies, right? So let's read on in 1 John 4, verse 3. John says to us, every spirit, can you say every spirit? Every Every spirit. Okay, let's be clear. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Pretty clear. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Again, John is saying, brothers and sisters, beloved, there are two teams. And you're on one or the other. You know, last night uh, we were downtown at the parade. And I was already uh, halfway into the game, the, the Linden boys game, right? And so I was halfway in, so I brought my phone with me. And I was listening to the last quarter and a half while we were waiting for the parade to start. And I got to tell you, there were two teams. There weren't three, unless you count the officials. But... There were two teams. There were two teams. There was Linden. There was Tumwater. There was no, no third team standing on the sidelines saying, hey, if they both lose, maybe we can win this thing. There was no neutral third team. Do you understand? When there's a battle, when there's a game, when there's a fight, there are two sides. And this is exactly what John is saying. That the world would have us believe, really, that there's a third like a benevolent choice. Like you can be outside of Christ and still be a good guy. Now what I'm saying is that you can do good things outside of Christ. You know, you can be somebody that does good things for your world. But John still makes it very clear that if you're not on Jesus' team, then you're on the other side. And so in other words, it all comes to nothing if souls are not being saved. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much money you give away. I don't care how many people you help. If their soul is not saved, they're still going to die outside of Christ. Unless you're a gatherer. And see, this is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. It's the fact that we have the gatherer mentality. We want to help people come to Christ because we know that's eternal. Now, do we help with felt needs? Of course we do. We help people when they're hungry. We help people when they're hurting. Of course That's what we did with this room. But if we're not gathering them toward Christ, then it's just a colossal waste of time at the end of the day, right? Because people need Jesus. So remember the big picture at the end of the day. Here's the big picture for us as Christians, that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but have eternal life. Everything else, everything else, pandemics, floods, starvation, everything else, is a distraction to this. This is the thing that the Holy Spirit is doing. 
drawing all men and women to himself. Now, there are spirits and spiritual forces that are behind everything that happens on this planet. Open your eyes. If you don't believe it, read your Bible. And trust me that there, there are colossal spiritual forces at work. Read the book of Daniel. Read the book of Revelation. You know, they're, they're on this planet. And they're working to keep people from Christ. And Paul said it like this in Ephesians 6. This is amazing. This is what we need to understand. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or against people. People aren't our problem. But against the rulers, the authorities, and the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Folks, we have to see this. And we have to know this is true because when you're living your life out in the midst of the darkness that we're experiencing and, and the attempts of the enemy to bring division and destruction to our lives and to the lives of the lost, when we're living our lives in the midst of this, we have to have hope and we have to have the truth to hang on to. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit is alive and well on our planet and he's on our side. And he's working to keep us in line with what God wants to do. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is every human soul that comes to that place of confessing Christ. That's why we have the Great Commission. Now, now listen to this. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 4. And I don't know if you've thought of Satan this way, but this is the spiritual power behind the lost. Here it is. Satan, who is the God of this world, little g-god, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Did you know that those people that have not believed in Christ, their minds are blinded by the God of this world? And so literally, they can't have a breakthrough unless the Holy Spirit penetrates that darkness with his glorious light. And we can be a part of that purpose as we share Christ and as we live our lives in love. Okay, But literally, they cannot believe. They're, Paul says they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It's, it's, it's like it's not even as though they're resisting Christ. It's more like they can't see him. And so we've got to understand this spiritual agenda Satan has, and we have to penetrate that darkness with our prayers and with our love to help bring the lost to Christ. Now, I love this. Uh, he says, but we are not blinded. Somebody say amen. amen. Aren't you glad you're not blinded? Oh, my goodness. Imagine if you were blinded and you could not see, but we are not blinded. Why? Because our minds have been opened by the revelation of Christ that the Holy Spirit gave us, and we behold him. We behold him. We see him as he is. We understand uh, who he is and the power of who he is in our lives. We behold him. And so since we behold him, and here's the thing, this is what has helped me so immensely as I read the news, because I like to stay up on the news, so I read it every morning. I know. Um, but, but I do. And here's what has helped me as I've tried to stay in touch with our world, and it is this, that I do not need to fear. I do not need to fear. You do not need to fear, because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And you have to believe that. You have to believe that. You will be toast if you don't believe that. Christian toast, but toast, <laughs> right? 
I mean, to, to have a life of authority and to do the things that we do as a church, you've got to believe that greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world. That's God's promise. And because that's true, we stay true to the Holy Spirit of God. We worship Jesus together as a family. You know, we allow the Holy Spirit to move and have moments in our congregation. And, and people have come to this church, and I, I'm not saying we're the only church, okay? I'm, but I'm saying this is our church. But people have come to this church, and they have said to me, <laughs> when I walked through those doors... I knew there was something special. And I'm going to tell you what that is. That's something special. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit who we happen to welcome in this place. And when our worship team, Thursday and Friday night, when they scattered out among the congregation and they sang, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm pretty spiritually sensitive I'm telling you, I could feel the move of God moving through people as they just opened up to that moment of ministry as the team sang over us. It reminded me of that scripture that, that talks about how God sings over his people. And he was. He was singing over his people through our worship team that came out and just sang over us. And what that inspires in us when, when the Holy Spirit has those moments where he moves in our community, what that inspired in us was it inspired the fact that he is greater in us than he who is in the world. You know, we had a lot of fun that night, those two nights, but I'll tell you what, we left this place knowing that he is greater than he who is in the world. And that's number two. The Holy Spirit in us is greater than anything the world can throw at us. Do you believe that? Do you believe the Holy Spirit living in you is greater than anything the world can throw at you? If that's true, then you do not need to fear. Because whatever God allows, God will provide for, even if it's walking through the gates of glory and being in his presence, which has my vote, by the way. I would love that, not that I have a death wish or anything like that, but I'm telling you, I want to see Jesus. That's what I'm excited about. I'm a little bit bored with this world at this point, you know, mandates, mandates. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, come on, take me home, right? So, I mean, I love you, I love my family, I love people, but, man, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. That's going to be cool. So the Holy Spirit in us is greater than anything the world can throw at us. Uh, John says in verse 4, little children, that's us, you are from God and you have overcome those spirits. You've overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I want you to do something with me this morning. If you want, just put your hand over your heart. If you're watching from home, same thing. And I want you to, to just believe this in this moment, okay? This could be a faith. This could be a line in the sand for some of you. Believe this in this moment. Jesus, you're greater in me than anything the world can throw at me. Let me say that again. And if you want to, grab onto this. This is, this is how I stay sane. Jesus, you are greater in me than anything the world can throw at me. And to really believe that when I read the news makes me read the news differently than I would otherwise. I don't read the news in fear. I read the news in faith. And I say, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? I'd love to see behind the scenes of God's agenda and go, Lord, what are you doing in this world? I know you're doing something. I mean, when Herod was out to kill your son, you were getting him ready to die at a much later time 
for the sins of all the world. You weren't going to let Herod have his way. You weren't going to be interrupted. But yet you allowed what you allowed. And that's how we need to pray too. God, you allow what you allow. And so I trust you. So this is what we need to know. This is what we need to hang on to. I'm giving you words of hope today. This is how I live my life. This is what we need to feed. We need to feed the Holy Spirit who's alive in us. He's alive in us. You know, this morning I woke up really early, ungodly hour, and I was laying in bed, and I said, I looked at the clock, and I said, no, this is too early, even for me. And so you know what I did? You do. I know you do. I've told you before. I laid there in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I just laid there, and I prayed, and I just shared my heart with him, and I just allowed him to know what's going on in my head, invited him into those crazy places, you know, talked about these services this morning and what he wanted to do and, and would he please do what he wanted to do. I mean, all those things. For an hour, I laid there. And I got to tell you what, I got up feeling like super refreshed, feeling like, okay, I can face my day because I've spent some time with the Holy Spirit. And any of us can do that. You can do that. It's not a pastoral you know, privilege. Everybody gets to spend time with the Holy Spirit. It just takes a moment where you open your heart and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you got for me today? What do you want to say to me today? What do you want to encourage me or comfort me about today? And what this does is it helps us to hang on to faith, not fear. We all struggle with fear. I'm not going to lie. I have my anxious moments. I have my fearful moments. But we struggle well with those when we allow faith to become the pushing factor in our life or the you know, the, the propelling factor of our life, where we, where we behold the Holy Spirit and we're able to say to our soul, greater are you in me than he who's in the world. And that's what God wants us to do. So, you know, we don't need to know all the reasons behind all the decisions that are made politically for us or from a world stage. We don't have to know all the reasons. Don't tire yourself out trying to figure everything out. All we really need to know is that the Holy Spirit is powerful, more powerful, and faithful to us as we move through those times that we're all experiencing. We just need to place our faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happens when we all do that is that the community flourishes, like we all flourish together. We all experience that oneness that the Holy Spirit brings into the church, um, built around Jesus Christ, right? So, again, I know I've said it ad nauseum this morning. Let me say it one more time. The world has their own agenda. And not everybody's going to like us. Let me just get it out there. They're going to notice that we're different. And at some point, hopefully, that's going to draw them to Christ. But as we take our stands, as we do what we believe God calls us to do, the world doesn't like when we don't agree with them. So that, there's that, okay? But in the midst of that, we have a community that is drawn together by the power and the truth of God's word and who Jesus is, and that's what we rest in. We rest in this, this community in Christ. Listen to how John said this in verse 5. <clears throat> he was still talking about those false prophets, and he said, They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Okay, there's the one side. Worldly people speak from the world. The world listens to them. But then he says, we are from God. There's a clear distinction that, that John draws here. Whoever knows God listens to us. 
Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Again, this is not a prideful statement. This is a statement that's proven by the Holy Spirit living in you. And how is that expressed in you? It's through love. I know we've hit this theme five times in this series. But that's the truth. That's what John is bringing to us. There's a culture of faith that gathers, not just here, but, you know, gathers over coffee or gathers in small groups, gathers in families. There's a culture of faith that gathers in the presence of God. And it's that culture that God strengthens. Here we are today. Here we are in this room together and online. Here we are, united by the Spirit of God. And there's, there's a dependence that comes. You see, here's the thing. The world's agenda is going to always try to draw you into deeper dependence on the world. You understand this. This is the agenda. They want to draw you into deeper dependence on the world. God's goal for us is that we would be more dependent on him and on one another. He does want us dependent on one another. That's, that's oneness. That's the, the, you know, the, the bride of Christ. And so faith in Christ, communion of one faith, oneness in the Holy Spirit, the confession of Christ that we share, this draws us together into dependence on one another, which is expressed in love. This is, if I could paint you a picture, that would be it. That we depend on one another, and so we express it in love. We care for one another. We help each other. And this is how John ends this text today. And I knew this, this text as a song when I was a kid. Anybody else? 1 John 4, 7 and 8. You want me to sing it to you? No, you don't. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Do you understand that love is the criteria of being born of God and knowing God? Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So how do we know we've been born of God? Here's the answer to the question. First of all, of course, we place our faith in the grace of Jesus Christ. But then, number three, our love for one another proves that we are born of the Holy Spirit. I had a very uh, touching thing happen to me the other day. I, you know, as a church, we've given a lot of money to Cambodia, uh, New Life Church there. Pastor Sophia has come and spoken here. We love him. We love his church. We've been there a number of times. And so we've always been on the giving end of things, right? We help them build their facility and try to, try to help them out. They don't have a lot of money. And Cambodia has been nearly ruined by pandemics and mandates. I mean, it's incredibly painful to see how this has impacted their economy. Way worse than us. And so the other day, um, I get a text from uh, Sophia. And he says, Pastor Kurt, we, we know that you guys have been, been experiencing some flooding and so our church decided to take a love offering, and we want to give it to you to help people that have experienced floods. And they sent us a check for $1,000. Now, because I know the families there, I know. I know what each family kind of can give, right? And we're talking in the realm of $2 a week, $5. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of money. And somehow they were able to scrape together $1,000 to send to us because they love us because they love us and that's it there's no other reason because they love us they're going to be setting themselves back a thousand dollars in whatever they're doing over there so that they can help our flood victims and i just 
I just found myself just thinking, God, you're so great. Your love is so great that you would cause a people that can't afford this to do this for us, you know? From our perspective, it's not a lot of money. From their perspective, it's a ton of money. So just a beautiful thing that I got to experience that the love of God is alive and well in the church. So just in closing today, how do we behold the Holy Spirit? How do we behold him? Well, I think we behold him through times of corporate worship. I think as we gather and sing together. Again, you got to wonder about the agenda of not singing in church. Remember that one? So this is one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit is expressed in church is through singing, through worship together. And so we worship him that way, we behold him that way, but there's also this thing called loyalty, the loyalty of the Spirit that comes and makes us interdependent upon one another. And so that, that goes out these doors, that, that goes out into the towns, that goes out into the streets, goes out to Everston and Sumas and Nooksack and Ferndale and Hampton Road and 19th Street and, you know, wherever it was that people got in flood trouble and they help each other. They help each other. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And I know that not everybody's a Christian that's doing that, and that's, that's, that's great. It's still a good work. But to see the body of Christ loving one another the way that you have these last few weeks is inspiring, and it's beholding the Holy Spirit of God at work in our church. So Jesus, today, we're just so grateful that you loved us first. We, we would not be able to love, we could not love the way that you've called us to love without you setting the example and laying down your life. And, and again, I just thank you so much for a church that does this well already. And God, as we look to your word today, I just pray that you'd give us eyes to see things that we cannot see and help us to understand that there's an enemy of our souls, there's an enemy of the cross, who wants to keep people in their lost condition. And I pray that you will help us become passionate about that and help us contribute to the really the only thing that truly matters for eternity, and that is the salvation of every soul. May we be a church that loves people's souls so well that we would be gatherers. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. We're going to end our time together with communion today. And so I just want to invite you to get your hearts ready through singing this song with the worship team. And you can get your bread ready as well. And at home, get your elements ready. And we'll receive it together. <laughs>